Hi, I'm Chris Joseph. My definition of relentless is just never giving up. Life's going to knock you down, getting back up. It's not always about you know, how, you, how you fell or why you fell, but getting back up is, uh, is the key. And you may not get to where you want to go, but uh, just getting back up and dusting off and trying again. On today's episode of the Relentless Podcast, join me and a very good friend of mine, Chris Joseph, as we talk about grief. We talk about the, the depths of it and, and what happens when you're grieving the loss of somebody very significant in your life. We are very hopeful that this podcast will be helpful to others dealing with grief on any level, and in particular, parents who have lost children. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Relentless Podcast. My name is Kyle Dubay, and uh, this is the this is actually the second half of uh, of a two parter uh, with my good friend Chris Joseph. Uh, the first half, uh, which would have been uh, out last week, we talked about grief, and uh, we we kind of gave the experiences that uh, both Chris and I have had as fathers. Uh, or just people in general, I guess, um, going through the grief of losing sons because both of us, uh, unfortunately, um, have lost sons. Chris lost his son, Jackson, at 20 years old in the Humboldt crash uh, uh, April 6, 2018. And I lost my son, Luke, uh, to suicide on April 5th, 2021. Uh, Chris and I uh, were friends prior to this. We were hockey dad and lacrosse dad buddies. And um, because of our experiences um, and because of Chris uh, and his wife, Andrea, reaching out to me and my wife, Jeanette, uh, right after uh, the loss of our son uh, to support us, Chris and I have just become very, very close. Um, So, Chris, welcome again uh, to the to the podcast. Thanks. Good to be back. Yeah. We so good to be un- back. We took a break. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's uh, we had some unfinished business, but we'll hopefully get to it. Yeah. On this one. So I think what we're gonna do with this episode is uh, the last episode was heavy. Mm-hmm. It was heavy. Um, I think that we can both appreciate the fact that we were sharing our journeys um, of grief up to this point. You're almost at the five year mark. I'm almost at the two year mark, and um, I appreciate. The vulnerability that we showed and and uh, the realness and the honesty and, and the rawness of it. This episode, this is something that you and I have talked about many times uh, as we've sat and had the Chris and Kyle talks, as I call them, where we talk about, um, uh, I talk a lot about how you've supported me and, and I hope that it's slowly turning into a reciprocal thing where I'm oh, yeah. supporting you. Um but we also talk about kind of some of the ways that people can support us. And we're, we're uh, listen, we are not experts in this. You and I are yeah. not counselors or psychiatrists or psychologists. We are not grief specialists by profession, but I would say that we are turning into grief specialists by lived experience. Yeah. Um, but there's something that we talked about in the first episode where I, th- I think it's called is it the, 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 the Ugly Shoe Club. Yeah. And so you're going to actually read this because sure. my hope is that this gives a little bit of context 
to what we're what we've been talking about the last episode and what we're talking about now, um, because in this episode, which I think is going to be a little bit lighter, um, still hard, but a little bit lighter, um, we're going to talk about maybe the way that 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 people see us, mm-hmm. um, the way that we see ourselves, and then the the terminology that I'll drop a lot in this episode is kind of what's helpful and what's harmful. Um, so that being said. If, if you're okay reading this. Yeah, for sure. So this is something that I read early on and it's kind of just stuck with me. It's always been in my head. So it's called an ugly pair of shoes. I'm wearing a pair of shoes. They are ugly shoes, uncomfortable shoes. I hate my shoes. Each day I wear them and each day I wish I had another pair. Some days my shoes hurt so bad that I do not think I could take another step. Yet I continue to wear them. I get funny looks for wearing these shoes. They are looks of sympathy. I can tell in others' eyes that they are glad they are not my that they are my shoes and not theirs. They never talk about my shoes. To learn how awful my shoes are might make them uncomfortable. To truly understand these shoes, you must walk in them. But once you put them on, you can never take them off. I now realize that I am not the only one who wears these shoes. There are many pairs in the world. Some people are like me and ache daily as they try to walk in them. Some have learned how to walk in them so they don't hurt quite as much. Some have worked the shoes so long that days will go by before they think how much they hurt. No person deserves to wear these shoes. Yet because of the shoes, I am a stronger person. These shoes have given me the strength to face anything. They have made me who I am today. And I will ever, I will forever walk in the shoes of a person who has lost my loved one. Hmm. It's very powerful. Yeah, and it's it's uh it's an interesting analogy, and it's some one that you and I've talked about, especially in the beginning of my journey, when you taught me that. I think there's so much to unpack from that that I honestly don't think we have time to no, unpack every guys, single aspect no. of that. But I think generalizes um, that, uh, yeah. It generalizes that we're walking in some pain and nobody else wants to be there and we don't want to be there and yet here we are. Yeah. I think today what we can talk about a little bit is that support piece, what that looks mm-hmm. like uh, for us. Um, and I, I think that my hope anyways is that this will um, potentially help people who want to support people that are grieving. Um and, and, uh, again, not to compare, but I mean, there's different levels of grief, but, but how do, how do you support people who are going through, a, especially this extreme grief that you and I've gone through? Yeah. Um, part of what you just read, I'm not anywhere close to, yeah. to some of that. I'm not anywhere close to feeling like I'm a stronger person that yeah, I can yeah. take on anything. Um, do you feel that and again the 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 way that our sons died is different mm-hmm. um i'm just going to say it that there definitely is a stigma around suicide yeah and um i believe that there's judgmental things around suicide yep. um i don't feel that my family has been judged um for the way that luke took his life um but that being said, you still feel like people are looking at you differently, kind of like this this shoe analogy. Yeah. Did you do, have you ever felt judged? Have you ever felt like people are looking at you? Like, what has that um, experience been like for you? 
Yeah, like I think I think we all <clears throat> are aware of the fact that we feel like the people, some people out there look at us like, oh, that poor family. You know, when we're just really like them, we're just a family trying to get by day to day, um, but we had some tragedy. Mm-hmm. And we've both been pretty public about our tragedy. Um, but I, I think it's, I mean... Lots of people have lost children. Yep. Uh, we're not alone. No, we're not, as we're not ba- alone. As, as not to sound callous or, or belittle our situations, we're not unique. No. And it's going to happen again. Yeah. And some days I wonder who who's my next friend that's going right. to lose one. And I hope to God there isn't one. Right. Um, but it's out there. But yeah, sometimes you do feel like there are people out there that, that view you as the sad family. Um and of course, we don't want that to be the case. We don't want to be identified just as that. Like you even said in the last podcast too, that you don't want um, people to think of Luke as a sad little boy because he was so much more than that. Well, right. And so are we as families, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Um, as we kind of navigate through this next, this episode, where uh, a term that my wife taught me um, that she learned about, or some terms, I guess, is, is grief literacy. And grief illiteracy. And you and I have talked a little bit about it. Um, Like I said in the last podcast, I feel like I never truly met grief until April 5th, 2021. Mm -hmm. And I would say that on April 4th, 2021, I was grief illiterate. Um, What does that mean? To me, that means that, and I'm going to use you as an example. Um, when, When Jackson died, in the crash, I didn't know what to say to you. Yeah. I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to be around you. Yeah. I didn't know how to support you because I was grief illiterate. Um, is that my fault? No, no, it's not. Because like we said in the last podcast, who wants to go and mm-hmm. learn about grief, but I'm encouraging people to go and learn about grief. Yeah. Because it's going to happen to somebody that you love. That's right. Eventually. And it potentially is going to happen to you. And the flip side of that too is, you know, how we talked about last podcast, I showed up at your house on April 7th. Had I not lost Jackson, I probably mm-hmm. wouldn't have been there. Right. You know. But you became grief literate. Yeah. Because I knew, I experienced the pain. Mm-hmm. And I had a pretty good idea of the pain that you were going through. Mm-hmm. You know. Now, what's interesting is that you and I are going to share some stories and, 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 some of them are going to be like, whoa, and yeah. some of them might be a little lighter. Yeah. But both of us have experienced um, some some really good support, and some of it, and some of it has been a little, I don't know. Well, non-existent sometimes. <laughs> non-existent or sometimes. Or not even, or uh, the opposite of helpful. Right. Yeah. Harmful. Yeah. Now, this is what I'm going to say before we start talking about all of this, is that um, we are in no way trying to judge anybody, trying to make anyone feel bad, trying to make anyone feel guilty, anything like that. Um, Again, this is about grief illiteracy, and we can't blame people for having it. We just talked about the the grief illiteracy that we had, and unfortunately now we have become literate. So please, if you are listening to this, and you think the story is about you? It might be, yeah. <laughs> but don't be offended. We are we are just dr- dropping some 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 uh, Chris and Kyle unprofessional do's and don'ts. 
around grief. Sure. This is essentially what that is. Yeah. Um, let me start with the, with the do. Chris and Andrea showed up at our house. I should have brought Andrea's card. I know there was an F-bomb in it, which was hilarious at the time. <laughs> and if, if you're not watching this, you won't see it, but I've just pulled a little rock heart out of my pocket. And uh, it used to be pure white. Yeah. And now it's very kind of dirty and worn down. Yep. It has been in my pocket since uh, April the 7th. And Andrea uh, brought over a card for us. And uh, she gave all of us a heart. And and that was to do with whatever we wanted to do with it. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what my wife and my other two sons have done with their hearts. But for me, I decided that that would go in my pocket every day. And I would say a minimum of five times a day. I put my hand in my pocket and I grab that rock. And I just kind of rub it with my thumb. And it somehow um, brings calmness to me. I'm not a, um, and maybe one day I will become, but I'm not a science guy. I'm not a, um, you know, I I don't see something and go, oh, there's Luke. And I'm not a. a, a, Oh, spiritual. I come from a Christian background, but I'm not, I'm not that spiritual thing. But this rock has almost become that for me. Yeah. I, the odd time, you know, I'll just send Andrea or I'll send you and Andrea a picture of this rock in my hand with the forever five, five hearts, just so that Andrea in particular knows that this means so much to me. That to me is a do. Yeah. What you guys showing up the way you did that day, Andrea thinking of this where it was not, it, it wasn't, um, a thing of here, you have to take this and do this with this rock. Yeah. It was a here's, Something, do with the what you will. Yeah. And I think she actually wrote, do whatever the fuck you want with it. Yeah. Because that would <laughs> be Andrea. Like yeah. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. In my, and I'll, I'll talk a little bit about my experience and then you go into yours. The first um, week in particular, two weeks for sure, um, we talked in the, in the last episode, it's chaotic. It's, it's that bomb going off and the, the, the chaos and the confusion. Yeah. There were so many people in our lives that stepped up. It was overwhelming. Um, I struggled a bit with it. Um, but we had people in our lives, I think of my sister-in-law, Jeanette's younger sister, who was and still is grieving the loss of Luke so deeply. Um, her and her husband Tate and their two kids and our family we were a family of nine essentially. Yeah. That's how close we are. Cindy stepped up in ways that I don't I don't even know probably ninety percent of it. Yeah. And she just somehow, some way was able to probably twelve hours a day uh be with us. Um I don't want to say take control, but basically ran our household yeah. in a way. And then she had supporters doing that. I think of my, my, one of my best friends, I would call him Boomer. Yeah. Um, he became a gatekeeper. You actually would have met him because yeah. when you came to my house to the backyard, he was literally a gatekeeper standing yeah. at the gate or at the front of our yeah. house at the garage because so many people were showing up yeah. and he would say, okay, and, and who are you? If he yeah. didn't know you, 
and say, okay, well, give me a second. And he would come back and say, the Josephs are here. And I would say, yeah, let them back. You might not know this, but we did meet Boomer, the bouncer, yeah. that day. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we were under the impression that uh, totally cool if the Dubais are not able to see us. Yep. But he came back with a hang tight. They absolutely want to see you. You know, they want to talk to you. And uh, so then we ended up having that chat in your backyard. Yeah. But yeah, I remember Boomer was right there. Yeah. And that's good. You need somebody. He, you need he was there. Man. You know, he was there for seven straight days, and I'm yep. going to say 10 to 14 hours a day. Yeah. Um, things happen behind the scenes um, that I had no idea yep. of. I have no recollection of. Um, I, I think of my friend Craig, who I think for the first three months, was at my house every single day. There were times where I look up and he's cutting the grass. There's times that I look up and we have people over in the backyard and he comes out and he goes, hey, anybody need more food, more drinks? And he's just, he was (laughs) almost our butler. (laughs) People are looking at like, who is this guy? And three straight months, he was at my house every single day. I think of my, my, one of my best friends, Bob. Um, there's a whole crew of these guys that I have and, and I kind of don't want to miss any names, but there yep. were these guys that just, my brother-in-law Tate, there was Glenn, there was Woody, there was Dean, there was all these people, my brother, all these people that just nonstop doing. Yeah. And I've often said, um, and, and there were also things that were given to us. Mm-hmm. You would have experienced that too. I, I, I remember um, all these gift cards. Our, our, our house looked like a floral shop. There yeah. was all these things. And I remember looking at Boomer and saying, why are people giving us all this? Yeah. Like I'm talking a lot of money yeah. and gift cards and food. Gifts. Food. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Food. Um, not against anyone who gave us a lasagna because as you can tell looking at me, <laughs> I love lasagna. We yeah. ended up with over 30 lasagnas. Yeah. Right, so it keeps well. It's a it keeps well. <laughs> it freezes well. Yeah. Um, there was all these things, and those those were the, the the things. When I look back, we couldn't have got through the first couple of months in particular without mm-hmm. that, without that support. Um, but you know what it was more than anything else. It wasn't people saying. Yeah, it was people doing. Yeah, and more than that, it was some of your friends just being present. That's it. You know, whether or not your buddy Craig cut the grass or not was probably irrelevant. He did it because he was probably bored and he probably saw the grass needed to be cutting, but he was present. Sure. And I think that's a big thing. And then some people can't be present, right? Because if mm-hmm. you're not a close friend, <clears throat> mm-hmm. you don't want to invade somebody's home. Right. And be present when they don't really want you to be present. Right. So um, some of those people in turn would make a lasagna. Yep. And so that was there, which is incredibly generous, which is their yes. way. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. So I think well, this it, is what Boomer said to me when I said, why are people giving us all this? Like, do they think we're poor? No. <laughs> right. And he goes, no, Kyle, he goes, people don't know what to do. Yeah. And this is the way that they want to support you. Yeah. I didn't think of it. I didn't think of all these gift cards for skip the dishes. I didn't think yep. there was some random person gave us a three or four or $500 gift card to save on foods. Yeah. Well, that all comes in very handy because I remember you telling me, yeah. I think day five or six saying, you know, who does most of the cooking and the cleaning? And yeah. I was like, well, truthfully, yeah. I don't do a ton of it. And you said, it probably ain't getting done for a while. Yeah. All that stuff helped. Yeah. For six for sure. months. For sure. Right. Yeah. What was your experience like? Like immediately after? 
uh, <clears throat> well, similar, right? Houses full yeah. of people, visitors. Uh, we went to Starbucks and we got one of those, I think it's three feet tall, big blue green coffee urns. Right. And uh, that thing stayed on our counter for a week. Yeah. Full of coffee. Yeah. Because we had that many visitors. Um, flowers everywhere. Food. We didn't have enough uh, enough storage space, like freezer space. We had to bring an extra fridge and freezer into the garage. Yeah. We had yeah. friends were storing it at their house. Yeah. <laughs> and those things are great. They really are because the last thing you're thinking of is cooking. Mm-hmm. Or thinking of what to cook on a daily on a daily basis, that's a pain in the butt. Yeah. Right. But to do it while you're grieving, um, it's almost impossible. It is impossible. Yeah. You know, you could when you're in the first week of grieving, you could eat two crackers and call it a day. Two crackers and two bottles of wine. First and call two it weeks, a day. I dropped about fifteen pounds. Yeah. My sister-in-law every day would come to me and go. Kyle, you need to eat this. And she mm-hmm. would make me a sandwich or something and yep. just bring it out and say, and she would almost watch me yep. to say, you have to eat this, Kyle. Yep. Right? Yeah, that's a that's a piece of healthy food that you need to eat. Right. Because you do, you really do, because it's good for your good for your body and good for your brain. Yeah. Right? And you need that. Otherwise, you just, like, honestly, I could have gone to the bottle. Sure. I would be quite happy just drinking red wine all day. Sure. I would have been just fine with that. Yeah. Leave me alone. I'm fine. And that's not good. We all we all know that now. Choices, though, right? Yeah, but uh, but something inside you, when you feel like dying yourself, your life is over. There's there's a survival instinct. There's something like I have to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. And then uh, there's also the wake up call that you know I'm Andrea got Andrea had a heart to heart with her dad. And Andrea was, what was me? What was me? What was me? And her dad said, listen, I hate to say it, but you still got two other kids you got to take care of. Mm -hmm. And that kind of woke her up a little bit too. So there's that too. Mm -hmm. So when you think your life is over, you look around and you're like, I have a wife. I have other children. I need to be there for them. Yeah. For for me, it was uh, end of June. It was yeah. almost three months in that I realized, okay, you know, we talked last time about how we're just really thinking about ourselves in the beginning. <clears throat> and that's fine. Yeah. That's completely fine. You you are surrounded by so many people where in some ways you kind of don't have to worry about your wife or, or your, your yeah. other two kids because they're being supported as well. Yeah. Um, but it was probably three months in where I thought, okay, the, because it fades away. Yeah. That I thought I actually have to put Jeanette and the boys ahead of me now. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. Yeah. Um, there's a whole bunch to that that I've had to work on since as well. But in in regards to after that first, you know, we could literally break this down month by month, yeah. which we don't have time to do. Yeah. But I know that there's a whole bunch of things you don't even think about whenever you're going into a grief journey. Uh, one of them is grocery stores. Yeah. Um. Jeanette, for the most part, did all the grocery shopping in our home. Jeanette uh, and I are very different personalities. Um, Jeanette uh, is an introvert. I'm an extrovert. Jeanette, um, and again, I'm not here to tell her story, but but the way that Jeanette was processing this was she was she would much rather just be at the house with her very close circle. Yeah, I was almost the opposite of saying let's rip every bandaid off I can. Yeah, because I am in the community more. I'm doing things with my job with whatever. And 
I ended up having to do the grocery shopping. So there was a lot of bologna. There's uh, <laughs> a lot of bad food. Yeah. But one of Jeanette's biggest fears, and mine as well, but because I had ripped a bunch of Band-Aids off, was going to the grocery store and running into people. Yep. You guys experienced that? <clears throat> yep. The grocery store, the gym. I canceled my gym membership. Uh, lots of things. Um, I would go into the grocery store, not always, but I would go into the grocery stores with a ball cap and sunglasses on. Uh, if I saw people down the aisle, I would go down a different aisle. Yep. Or I would just leave the grocery store altogether because I just didn't want to get into it. This mm-hmm. wasn't the time or place. I wasn't feeling it. Mm-hmm. Because for a lot of people, you have your immediate people, you know, your 20 to 50 people that you, you know, you talk to right away. But yeah. then there's people that you're acquaintances in town and yeah. you bump into them. Yeah. And you got to go through the whole thing again. Yeah. And I remember there was a lot of times when <clears throat> someone would come up and, you know, I don't know them well, but I know them a little bit and they would offer their condolences and we'd say, thank you. And then as, as they were offering their condolences, they're breaking down. Sure. Because it's first time for them. Sure. Right? And but it feels like the first time for us sometimes. Like, yeah. Because now you're going through it again. Yeah. And we're reliving it right. again and again and again. And I've done this with Bob and Shelly. And I've done this with just yeah. nonstop. Right? And uh, But it's the first time for them. So yeah. it's hard for them. Yeah. And I almost felt like I was consoling them. Yeah. And... Uh, when we went to a good example, we were, like I said, three months after we we're at the lake, we went to Soyuz and we have a community there that, and so we didn't do anything first day. We're kind of just laying low. And then we bump into one f- friend's family. We talk about Jackson and we bump into the next one. The next day we talk about Jackson. The next day we talk about Jackson. We got about four days into that. And Taylor said, uh, my daughter, she said, we have to have a ceremony. We have to do something. Our whole community knows us. Our whole community, and there's about 200 homes in this community. Yep. They all know us, and they all um, they all knew Jackson, and they all know our story. Um, I can't do this one at a time thing. We have to just do something. And uh, some of our closest friends were like, "Absolutely, yeah. Well, let's do that. Let's do that on the beach on Friday at 5 p.m." And so we did it. And so we kind of got it out of the way. Yeah, almost uh, like let's bring the group together so we yeah. don't have to do this 40 yeah. times. So that that was helpful. Yeah. Um, but yeah, even today, I'll bump into somebody I haven't seen in five years. Sure. And, uh, you know, and they'll say, you know, hey, I'm really sorry about your loss. <laughs> like, uh, you know, how are you guys doing? Yeah. You know, oh, we're doing good. Which we're not doing good, but we're doing okay. Sure. Right. So. Um, but that's interesting because the word good. It wow. took me a year until yeah. I felt comfortable saying good. Mm-hmm. And I think there's 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 some reasons for that. One is what you just said. We're actually not doing good. Yeah. But I think that we're getting a little better. Yeah. We're doing okay. And I think it depends on the day as well. Totally depends on the day. But I was almost afraid to use the word good because I didn't want people to go, oh, thank goodness. Thank God you're over oh, it. Oh, they're over <laughs> it. Because I believe that most people and again this isn't people's fault yeah this is just the way that we're kind of wired as a culture they want us to be better yeah they want us to be fixed yeah they want everything to be okay and everything to go back to normal yeah they want us to be able to jump back into the world that is moving on 
Yeah. But for us, we can't. Well, and we all we always say good. Everybody does. Sure. Right? I mean, take grief aside. Someone's having a bad day. And you say, hey, Kyle, how's it going? I'm You're doing like, all right. I'm doing good. Do you really want to hear about yeah. my day? Not really. And nobody does. Nobody does. So, um, so yeah, we just kind of, we say we're doing good. But but that's where they, the isolation comes in, right, yeah. Chris? Where because now we do actually, uh, for me, I, I, I struggle a bit now with relationships in my life that aren't uh, more emotional. Mm-hmm. Right? The fluffy ones are a bit, they're actually more tiring to me. Yeah, because I feel like I have to put that effort in instead yeah. of being able to just be really authentic. And I'm, I'm a, you know, this. I'm a fairly authentic person yeah. in general. But when, when you know, I've got a friend, Davey, uh, one of my best friends, and he doesn't say how you doing because it is pretty wide open, and it's but yeah. it's a natural thing for people to ask. I'm not mad at people when they ask me that yeah. question. Yeah. But he always goes, "How's today?" And he started doing that right off the hop. How's yeah. today? Yeah. And it was, took about six months for me to talk to him about it and say, who taught you how to say that? Because yeah. it's actually such a great way to ask me yeah. how I'm doing. Yeah. And he said, I don't know. He said, I just figured like everything's so intense. Why don't we just focus on how your day is today? Well, and it's, it's, that's wise. What a great question too, because mm-hmm. you're going to get a different answer every day. Right. Um, but they're also not... No one's going to lie to you. Well, yeah, they might, but but they're going to tell you a little bit about their day. Yeah. It's a pretty good open-ended question. I think it is too. Yeah. I How's think it today? is too. And you know, and you you could literally say today's a good day. Today's a tough day. And and, and, and then and then uh, that might are, lead to a, a great conversation. Yeah. Or it might lead to where the the person isn't ready for the which is fine. Yeah. Again, I'm I've I've only had a couple situations where I left going, okay, was that person purposely trying to be harmful? Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody that I've dealt with, um, ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the people, no. uh, there's no ill intention. No. There's no way that they're thinking, oh, if I say this to Kyle or Jeanette, that yeah, that'll be harmful to them. Um, I'll, if you're okay, do you want to tell a couple stories and maybe some things that you guys have experienced? Sure. And I'll tell a couple stories. Sure. These are kind of the don'ts. And again, we're not trying to shame anybody or make anybody yeah. feel bad. Yeah. But maybe if you're listening and you're wondering how to support somebody, yeah. there's also something about how not to support somebody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, we'll go to. How about let's go to um, grocery stores again, and I think you you and I both have a cost, Costco story. Or two. Well, mine's mine's a good one. What's your Costco story? Okay, so uh, when we lost Jackson, it was national news. Yeah, it was the biggest story in Canada. For you literally had no choice. Yeah, so but to be public. Yeah, so we've only known this huge uh, publicized loss. Yeah, um, and we were about a month after, and uh, it was almost exactly a month. We were afraid to go into Costco together. Um, I'm impressed you guys did that a month Yeah, and we bumped into an old buddy from the gym who was a pilot, and uh, uh, he was buying flowers because it was his wife's birthday. And uh, he he says, how are you doing? I go, good, good. How are you doing? And we just give him that one. He goes, good. I I I just got back today. I was in Dubai for a month learning how to fly these. 747 jumbo jets and 
And Andy and I, our wheels are turning. We're thinking, okay, he's been gone for a month. This, this, we've only been a month. And uh, so we're asking him, you know, how's it, how's it going? We're all, all talking about him because we don't want to talk about us. We're like, yeah, it's my wife's birthday. I got her some flowers. He goes, I'm a little rushed. He goes, hey, but it's great to see you guys. And we're talking at checkout and not, he didn't ask about Jackson. He didn't ask about the family. He just asked about how we're doing, Andy and I. And uh, when he walked away from the Costco checkout, Andy and I looked at each other and we're like, he has no idea. He has no clue. And we started giggling to ourselves because we're like, that was refreshing. I was going to say. It was so nice. It was probably refreshing. That he had no idea. And we're laughing on our way out Costco. We're like, poor guy had no idea. He was literally under a rock or, you know, he was in Dubai for a month. He didn't even know that there was a bus crash. Right. Um, So we 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 enjoyed it. It was fun. Yeah. It was actually pretty refreshing because it was like an old conversation from before. Sure. Yeah. It, it, It was a normal conversation. Yeah. Because now our lives are not normal. Yeah. Um, for us, you know, I mean, we've had some experiences in Costco. Uh, we didn't go to the grocery store uh, together. Um, ah, I'm going to say four to six months. Yeah. I don't remember the first time we went. But it was a Costco. And like you guys, we love the Costco. Um, but there have, it, it's, it's become... Maybe not laughable to my wife because she, I laugh now and she's like, it's not that funny. And I'm like, well, it's kind of funny. There's been at least four or five times where we are ducking behind pallets of whatever <laughs> because <laughs> Jeanette will see somebody and she goes, I don't want to see these people. Yeah. And she hasn't seen them. Yeah. I'm okay to do that right now. So yeah. remember we talked about like Jeanette can do some things I can't, yeah. vice versa. That's, I'm okay to see people. Yeah. Um, She's she's so, she rightfully so struggles with it because it's the first time now and and I've been out there in the public a bit more than Jeanette has and we've literally been ducking and I just start to laugh yeah. and I go Jeanette I I bet you they saw us yeah I bet you they saw us duck right <laughs> and they're at least smart enough not to come and like say hey what are you guys doing back yeah. there right yeah but um but I will say this here here's something that that happened to my wife quite recently actually um. She went into a grocery store. I typically always go with Jeanette because I'm kind of a good buffer if we run into people. I'm good yeah. at at uh, navigating those conversations. Um, pretty much every time that Jeanette sees somebody for the first time, it's it's upsetting. Yeah. And, you know, we're more than a year and a half in and, and Jeanette decides, I just need to run into this one grocery store very quickly and grab something. And I said, well, I'll come. She goes, no, just wait in the car. I'm going to be very quick. And of course, this is the time that Jeanette runs in because she has gone in a couple times by herself. She runs in. She sees a lady that she knows but doesn't even remember the lady's name. Yeah. Okay. So that's how close the relationship yep. is. Okay. <clears throat> they make eye contact. And it was a, hey, Jeanette, how are you? And Jeanette goes, oh, I'm fine. Thank you. How are you? Good. And then Jeanette thinks, okay, I got to go directly to whatever I was going to go by and beeline and get the hell out of here. So Jeanette starts doing that. And... Out of nowhere, she turns around and this lady's right there. And she says, listen, I, 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 I couldn't not see you and just tell you how sorry we are for your loss. Yep. Okay. Jeanette got emotional mm-hmm. because that's what happens for Jeanette. 
I, I, I look at that and I go, okay, so was that about Jeanette or was that about this person? Yeah. But regardless, okay, yeah. it, 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 it happened. But the fact that you kind of had to like, I don't want to say hunt her down, but like yeah. maneuver to get there. So Jeanette, you know, now she feels like she has to explain yeah. stuff. Then the lady sees, you can't tell me you didn't see that Jeanette was upset. Yeah. Says, um, so I'm assuming you guys are all in some pretty heavy duty counseling. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why yeah. are you asking this question? Yeah. It's a good assumption. Yeah. Uh, now Jeanette feels the need. Yeah. Actually, Jeanette could have said, won't you get lost, whatever. Yeah. But that's not who Jeanette is. Yeah, yeah. So now she feels this need to somehow maybe explain a little bit of the counseling or say, yes, we are. And it's, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, you think it's done there, right? No. Because Luke took his life, this lady proceeds to go. So were there any signs that you saw? This is the lady Luke? that Jeanette didn't remember her name. Jeanette didn't even remember her name. Yeah, she went too far. It's just too far. Mm-hmm. And so to me, is that grief illiteracy or just... You know what I mean? Like it's kind of past well, that, and it's it, also probably some. She's missing some social cues, obviously. Yeah, yeah, you know, but that is harmful. Yep. Jeanette got in the car. Mm-hmm. I as, as soon as she walked out, I saw her face, and yep. I thought, oh, yep. she got in the car. And truthfully, Jeanette was a, she was a bit of a mess for a day or two. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It was. It was. It was tough. So, for anyone listening, yeah, if you want to ask how someone's doing, that's okay, but don't push it. Especially when they get emotional. That's my opinion anyways. Well, and we, have you ever heard of the term grief porn? You said this to me before. So yeah. there, there are people out there that are attracted to the grief. Mm. Uh, for whatever reason, I don't know. Um, but it's like they want to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it makes them feel something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are people out there that, uh, are attracted to it somehow. And, uh, you know, I think it's, it's an easy thing to say. It's a hard thing to do, but you have to know what your relationship is with that person. Let's say I'm, and I'm talking to the people out there that are thinking about addressing someone who's grieving. Yeah. Right. Uh, if you're a distant friend, then acknowledge it. Absolutely. Sure. Right. But don't start asking questions uh those aren't for you um if you're a close friend then you can you know you got to be careful with questions you basically you let them know that you there you're there for them that you care for them and then if they open up delve in sure but if they don't open up um that's not your place that's right uh when i did go back to work so i took six months off work and I go back, I'm a firefighter, mm-hmm. went back to the fire hall and I was, uh, very, I was very cautious. I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say to the guys every day. And it took me uh, a few blocks at work. Um, but the guys were so good. They didn't bring up Jackson. And there was times when I would bring up Jackson and if I brought it up, they were there and they would listen and they would talk and they would ask questions and sometimes they wouldn't ask questions, but they were amazing at reading the cues from me. They were letting me lead. Yeah. And, uh, 
they were so, and even to this day, it's been five years for me and I've worked with so many guys, um, but guys are really good. But every now and then you get somebody who doesn't pick up on those social cues and they're not so good. Right. Or they'll tell you uh, rumors they've heard or, you know, they just, they don't really have a point. Mm-hmm. Um, they just want to hear. So I think, you know, as somebody that has lost somebody, um, you have to protect yourself too. Yeah. Sometimes you don't want to give up too much because some people will ask too much. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit of an open book and I, I talk way too much. And sometimes that can, that can hurt it can. you or Jeanette. Yep. And I have to be careful with that. Yeah. I know that Jeanette's always wanting me to be careful with that. Yeah. And even this podcast, I'm trying to be careful with yeah. that. Right. Yeah. I know that, um, there's, there's a, a few things for me and I've only a couple times actually kind of corrected somebody because yeah. I felt like I had the relationship with them that I could. There are other times that I thought, well, oh, that's not worth it. Yeah. Um, I like that we're doing this though, because I feel like maybe this will help people. And because yeah. I, because again, I'll say nobody's ill intentioned. Like people yeah. want to help. They want to be helpful. Yeah. The one that gets to me, and uh, this is this is going to include half the people in my life. And again, this is not a slag on them, but so many people will say, oh, I totally understand. <laughs> yeah. And that's a tough one to hear. Yeah. Because, well, number one, I don't want you to understand. Yeah. Um, but you, you know what? If you say that to me, Chris, mm-hmm. I go, yep, you understand. Yeah. But, but again, I can't be mad at somebody for that. That's just a natural yeah. thing to say. Are they just saying it or do they mean it? Because if someone says to you, you know, my, my grandma passed away last week, I, I get where you're coming from. You're like, no, you don't. No, you don't. No. You know, like it's not the same. No. So, and there are some people that do have the same. Mm-hmm. Um, frick, I saw this on 1883 the other day I was watching and, uh, great show. Yeah. In the in the show, she loses her husband. And oh, the, the spoiler old, alert! Yeah, spoiler go. alert! Yeah. The old man comes up and he says, "I know what you're feeling. I know what you're thinking." And those words they can be triggering, right? Yeah. But in the show, he does. He lost his That's spouse, right? right? And uh, so you got to be careful when you say something like that. And I think you're right that it can be triggering. Yeah. And a little bit harmful. Yeah. But again, it's not that people are trying to be. So I, I really want people to, I mean, I keep saying it, I just stop saying it. But. but it's like, it's like if someone said to you, I know what you're thinking. I had to put my dog down last week. Like, come on, mm-hmm. you know, like not the same. Not to just be all negative. The, the, <laughs> the, the, the worst one that, that I experienced was about three weeks in and I'm not going to go into great details of the story. Um, but it was a lady that truthfully I hadn't seen in a long time. And was quite insistent that to come over and see us. Uh, it ended up just being me. Um, and just out of the blue, she says, how did Luke do it? Yeah. And uh, it was almost like time stopped because I was trying to process, what did you just ask me? Mm-hmm. And, and And then after I somehow and you know gave a 30 second story of it Mm -hmm. she said oh so why did he leave a note yeah that's it's just so 
that was you know what that was it was almost degrading yeah to to me and to luke and to my family and do i think that she was intentionally trying to be harmful i don't no do i think she's nosy and she somehow wanted all the information so she could maybe go tell somebody maybe but that wasn't about me that wasn't about my family and about luke that was about her well and you think about all the people that you have opened up to right how many people have asked you how it happened, how, what he was thinking? One. How, yeah. Anybody that cares about you is going to focus on how you doing. Well, and in the beginning, I was open about it. I sent this big yeah. text out, and, yeah. and, and there's no way that this person wouldn't have. Ah, anyways, it was, it was harmful. I remember um, after about six weeks going to see a, a friend, and... You know, you'll get this too, right? How you doing? And then the next question is usually how's how's Andy or how's Jeanette? Yeah. I, I don't even remember what my response was. And this individual said, Oh, that's not healthy. No, you gotta <laughs> no, you gotta start moving on here. Yeah. What? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. Like it, it didn't make sense. You don't know where we're at, pal. Right. Yeah. You we're know? stuck in the mud. And I didn't even know where I was at. Yeah. Because as you know, in the first, like you're just navigating your Mm-hmm. It's it's tough. So, um, all that being said, ninety five percent of everything, ninety probably a higher percentage, has just been very very comforting and yep. very good and yeah. very uh, supportive. Some of the other things that I think have been great um, that people have done for us is um, the when someone says, "I don't know what to say." Or I have no words. That's fine. That's great. Yeah. Because I, especially in the beginning, I had no words. And a lot of times we as, as people too, we think we're going to talk our way through something and we're just going to bullshit. Right. But listening is a skill. Mm-hmm. And to if you ever go and visit with somebody and you just sit there and you listen, it's freaking hard. Yep. Like to not chime in to not share your experiences, right. it's hard to do. Right. But it's so valuable. So yeah, if you're if you are giving somebody some advice on how to handle somebody who's lost some, just be there and listen. Yeah. That's that's number one. Yeah, right. if people are trying to give me advice on how to do my grief. No. Yeah. Chris, you don't give me advice on how to do my grief. No. And yet we we have massive similarities in our yeah. grief. Yeah. Right. Um so yeah, just just avoid that. Yeah, avoid trying to fix the problem. And then the other thing too is, uh, in a lot of different ways, one of the boys. So uh, we had one of the survivors. Uh, this was two days after our crash. He shows up at this vigil that we're having in Humboldt, and one of the moms, the billet moms, or what friends said, uh, "You know how you feel?" And he's like, "Oh, I feel fine." And and oh, you have survivor's guilt. And he got mad. He's like, don't tell me I got survivor's guilt. And he he is going to have survivor's sure. guilt, but just don't freaking say it right now. Sure. Right? Like, don't predict my future. Sure. Don't tell me how I'm going to feel. You can tell me how you've felt, um, but I, I cannot tell Kyle Dubay that you're going to feel this, 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 and this. I can say this is what I felt. Yep. Uh, you might have some similarities. You may not. But to tell you that, and we've talked about this 
many times, year one, year two, year three, year four, year yep. five, year six. Um, I can't tell you that in year five, you're going to be where I am today. No. Uh, you may be better, you may be worse, you may be similar, but all I can do is tell you sort of my experience. So don't try to say, oh, you know, you just need to do this. You need to get some counseling. And yeah, good advice. We know that. But uh, yeah, don't try to predict their future for them. I no, it's, and it's impossible. Uh, and again, everybody does it differently. Um, I think just listen. Just listen. You just show up. There is. I'm, I'm sorry. So I'm think, hard to do. I'm thinking right now, which is tough for people that are watching yeah. this to watch me think. Uh, I'm trying to remember there was there was a director of some sort that was on another podcast that I had no idea had lost his daughter, 19 year old daughter, a couple of years ago. And, um, so it was almost shocking when I was listening to this podcast with all this other stuff. And then this was brought up and, um, talked about one of his best friends, who's another public person and said that this guy literally for like two, three weeks and even a month, he didn't know what to do. And, and this guy just showed up. He literally just sat on his front step. And then if someone said, can you go get this? He went, yep. Okay. And he would just sit there for hours really? and just wait. Right, like a, which like is interesting. A, yeah, like a right? dog. Yeah, <laughs> but did not know what to do, but wanted to do something, but didn't want to put that on the people because that's another thing that can happen too yeah. is let me know what I can do for you. Yeah. Okay. Now, again, that's a very generous thing to say. Yeah. And I've said it to many people in my life, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, I'm not going to ask you to do something for yeah. me. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to say, hey, listen, we could use a lasagna. Yeah. Can you make me a meal? Yeah. I'm not going to say, listen, we could use this. We could do that. I just, I just, I'm not going to do that. And yeah. it's almost like putting the onus on the other person. Yeah. The person who's grieving to yeah. now go, you figure out what you need from me. Get back to me. Yeah. If you want to do something. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. And you know what? If you want to bake us some cookies. Yeah. Do it. Drop yeah. them off at the front step. Drop them off and ring the doorbell. Don't ring the doorbell. But guess what? We may eat the cookies. We may not eat the cookies. Yeah. But truthfully, it doesn't matter. Yeah, but you're doing it. You should be doing it because you want to do something right. for them. Right. Not because you're told to do it or right. whatever. Right? Yeah. And if you don't do something, that's yeah. fine too. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Right? It's so interesting. Yeah. No, no, no day is the same. Do you ever um look back and oh how am i trying to say this are there are there uh we don't maybe don't even do that are there some relationships that are that have been affected by this and i'll, I'll tell you i'll tell yeah. you what i mean by that is that i actually have some friendships that um they're not over they're not mm-hmm. done yeah but they've changed now yeah, you've because created a little more distance. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've we've all got that. But then people get that too through uh, divorce, through yep. whatever, right? Um, whenever there's a big life event like that, some people get closer to you and some people get further from you. Uh, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it really, the ones that are closer to you, God, they sure are close, aren't they? Yeah. Like they're, they're nice. They're yeah. nice to have. Yeah. Um, and the ones that maybe are a little further away, I think you just see things a little, which we, you think is a little clearer, right? Um, that, uh, you know, maybe they're either 
little too they're more into themselves mm-hmm. or whatever like i shouldn't even say that but, well they may uh, not have the emotional capacity to handle yeah, that relationship yeah. anymore so yeah right. like but that happens all the uh-huh. time yeah that happens with grieving or without grieving with yeah exactly. right but i just think the grieving almost amplifies it a little bit with some people, totally right but the people that were really it. the ones that got closer and they're they're gold oh, yeah, just deep yeah they're good deep relationships yeah. um there's another thing too that that i think you know i i don't put a lot of stuff out on the social media and whatnot but i did put a thing out um oh it was a mother's day thing so this would have been in 2022. I think it would have been this year, I guess. Um, and Andrea would have went through this as well. Um, actually, I'll start it this way. Uh, Luke died on on April 5th. Um, I'll tell my story on this. My birthday is April 30th. And I learned very quickly, I sure don't want to celebrate. Yeah. I'm not in the mood. Yeah. Um, and, we, we, you know, we actually... <laughs> had some uh, my crew came over all my all my guys a bunch of guys came over and it was it was good um actually it was terrible but it was good at the moment but the mother's day right after and andrea would have went through this too mother's day would have been very quick maybe five weeks after yep jackson died um i remember on my birthday getting messages on facebook hope it's the best birthday ever <laughs> yeah <laughs> so okay <laughs> Yeah. And Jeanette received um, Mother's Day messages of, I hope you have a great Mother's Day. Now, again, this isn't trying to attack anybody or make yeah. anyone feel bad, <clears throat> but how do you realistically think Jeanette's going to have a great Mother's Day yeah. five weeks after her son died? Yeah. It's just this lack of awareness. Or, it is. Or, yeah. or maybe they've got a... Uh... If it's a Mother's Day, maybe they've got a, a copy paste text that they sent out to everybody, and who knows? But yeah, like when you are sending a message to somebody, you got to think about, you know, what is that day going to look like? It's not going to be the best ever. Yeah, you know, it's probably not going to be great. Um, hope you're doing okay today. Uh, thinking of you guys, sending some hugs. Yeah. Have a good day. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's fine. Um, I think the thinking of you. Is yeah. a good one. Yeah. Thinking of you is good. I think um, Jeanette, Jeanette, I'm like, Jeanette, we can't change a culture. She wants everyone, instead of say, happy birthday or happy Mother's Day or a Merry Christmas, she wants everyone to say, like, have a Mother's Day, have a birthday, have a Christmas. I'm like, it's not happy. It's not happening. Yeah. It's yeah. not going to happen, Jeanette. Like, you know, and, and, and there are things that, that as we are moving forward, you know, inch by inch in our journey that we're starting to realize um, there's going to come a time in our lives uh, with our with our older boys. What if they get married one day? Yeah. Uh, what if they have children one day? Um, you and I talked in the last podcast, and we both use the same language. Where at times life feels most of life feels incomplete. Yeah. Because we're missing this massive piece of our soul. Yeah. But you actually had an experience of your daughter getting married. Yeah, so my daughter got married this last July, and uh, overall, amazing. Just put, a, you, Chris, a wonderful, you, wonderful You were day. just smiling as you said yeah, it. Yeah, it's just a wonderful day. Um, but I've said in the past, too, we know we have to celebrate uh, milestones and events, and we're looking forward to those, but there's always that little tinge of bitterness somewhere. Sure. So 
Um, I didn't want uh, my daughter's wedding day to be about Jackson. Mm-hmm. Neither did she. But uh, we'll be damned if he's not going to be part of it. Sure. So there were moments, right? Like a typical wedding. Uh, it was fun, 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 fun. A few tears. It was one of those. Yeah. Um, they got married outside. Uh, and then Jackson and Papa, my dad, had an empty seat at mm. the front row, right? Mm. Which is, you know, pretty symbolic, right? Yep. Um, and then um, throughout the evening, as the speeches went on, um, you know, it was all fun, whatever, right? And then as the father of the bride, I had to give the speech. Well, my speech had had everything. It had some laughs and some tears. And so I, I, I told my daughter, I said, I got to mention it because my, big part of my speech is welcoming Colin to the family as, you know, my son-in-law, right? Well, Colin was with us. When this all went down, he drove us to Humboldt. Uh, yeah. um, and, you know, that part of our life was a big part of him bonding with our family. He, he became, he became a bit of a rock star that day. Yeah. That all of a sudden that was the day is, yeah, you can marry my daughter. Sure. Right. Um, so yeah, you have to mention it because it would be disrespectful to not mention Jackson at the wedding, but it was 90%, probably 95% drinking and hooting and hollering and having a good time and celebrating these two beautiful young people getting married. Yeah. And that's as it should be. And I think the way that you said it in the, in the beginning of talking about it is that that day was about Taylor, about your daughter. Yeah. And it wasn't about Jackson because if Jackson was alive, it wouldn't have been about Jackson. Totally. Right. And this is something that, that Jeanette and I have talked about, you know, looking at future things. Um, and, and really, you know, I, I use the terminology okay. pre-Lukey, post-Lukey. Yeah. And pre-Lukey, I didn't think about Luke. Yeah. 24 hours a day. Yeah. And and now, like I said before, if I'm not busy or, or distracted, this it's what I think about. Yeah. When my other boys, if they get married, if they have kids, we have to celebrate that. We have to yeah, celebrate we them. Yep. We have to celebrate everything. We have to celebrate their accomplishments. Yeah, everything. everything. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, birthdays. Yeah. But b- birthdays were still struggling. Well, and so let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about days. Days that are hard. Right? So what days are hard? Everybody's birthday is hard, especially Luke's. Yep. Right? Well, Luke's is the hardest. Right? Um, Mother's Day is hard. Yeah. Father's Day is pointless. Yeah, it's pointless. Uh, and then for us, Christmas. I don't like Christmas. Christmas has been, yeah. well, we've only experienced two now without Lukey, yep. and he loved Christmas. Yep. And then the other it's ones for tough. us are April 5th and April 6th. Right. And I don't know if you have other days, uh, but those days aren't fun. No. You know? And so you have to try to, you have to try and get through it because, mm-hmm. so let's say on my birthday, my family wants to celebrate me. Sure. They want to make me feel special, right? And I want to have a good time. But in the back of my head, you know, somebody should be here. Yeah. He isn't, right? So that's that. Um, Christmas, God, we opened presents. And this year wasn't as bad because it was the year five. But 
uh, we opened presents and I remember the, the second year my daughter looks at me and she's like, this sucks. Right. And she just broke down crying. And we're like, yeah, it does suck. We're all just going through the motions trying to, you know, do the best we can. And then, well, Mother's Day. I mean, Father's Day pales in comparison to me to Mother's Day. It paled in comparison before. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But now. But to me, Mother's Day <laughs> is, okay, so let me get this straight. You carried this child for nine months. You birthed this child. You gave everything up for this child and your other children. And, uh, you know, and so now you're that's gone. Yeah. And it's so hard. And Father's Day too, right? Mm-hmm. Because, mm-hmm. but Mother's Day, I, I, I think it's harder. Well, we talked about it before. There's yeah. a difference, right? Yeah. And I know that for us, those days are all hard. Um, with 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 you guys, because the humble crash was was international news. Mm-hmm. There's still nationally every year. Well, they're remembering it. Yeah. Um, in some ways, you can't run from that day if you wanted to. Well, and it's we've, impossible. We've got we've got a lot of other reminders too. We've got a uh, pretty ugly lawsuit. Right. Uh, we've got somebody's trying to fight to stay in the country. Uh, right. There's a lot. Right. Because it was big news, we get a lot. We get smacked in the face with a lot of stuff that yeah. uh, we'd rather not. Yeah. Um. So that's that's hard. Yeah, I don't, and that's where you and I differ. Uh, you know, you guys, you you've been public, um, but in a lot of ways, uh, like I, I don't know what it's like to lose somebody quietly. Like I, I've never had that, and I don't know how. You know, the best way to say that, but like, let's say. You know, somebody has a fight with cancer and they lose their child or they lose their sibling or whatever. And well, it's not on the, the, world, front page of the, the world doesn't talk about it. No. Yeah, like, and so, I don't know. I guess losing my dad this year was like that. But mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I just, it's a double-edged sword. The experience that, is just, it's just different. And, it's a and, double-edged sword, the 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 um, the publicity. CRs went a little bit public because... Um, truthfully, because Luke's school called and said, how do you want us to word this in the announcement we will send out? And I was just thought, well, what are you talking about? And they said, typically the word suicide wouldn't be used because the families aren't comfortable with that. Not that it's a, as well, it's becoming a more common occurrence, but, and Jeanette and me and the boys immediately huddled up and said, no, we're not ashamed of Luke. Yeah. We're we're not ashamed of what he did. This is something that will maybe help other families talk and help other parents talk to their children. I use the word relentless all the time. This is a relentless yeah. podcast. I, I put some stuff out about being relentless as a parent. And, so, and honestly, sometimes I feel like a hypocrite, Chris, because we were relentless with yeah. with our with our kids, with Luke, with with all of them. But that ended up then what happened was Jeanette comes flying out the next day and goes, the school division or whoever just put it on their social media. And it was almost like that was shocking to us where, like, did we think they were going to use pigeon carriers and, like, yeah. drop letters off at people's houses? Yeah. So then Jeanette, being a media person, said, we got to get ahead of this ourselves and put out our own stuff. And so that's what we chose to do. Now, 
unbeknownst to us, our boys had already done that on oh, their Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And we didn't know that. I was actually really impressed with them. But that's kind of where ours went a little bit public. And it mm-hmm. was, to me, for us, it was more around, um, well, really, it was to stop if there were any rumors yeah. going on. Yep. Um, and then also um, to hopefully encourage people to to have these conversations with and their kids. To this, and in this day and age, too, it's impossible to not have it go public. Right. But I think... Um, I think, you know, from what I've seen with your guys' story is I think there are people out there that are having conversations with their children now. I think it has made I think so. I think it has made a difference. Yeah, I think so. You, know, and, you guys and... might not see it. Um, but I think I think when you are vulnerable and you go public with that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. I think people do get a little bit of a wake up call. And I think that's good and I've had a lot of people tell me that and I think that that's good. Yeah. As bad as this sounds, this is the most selfish thing. Take it all back for my Lukey to be home. I know. Right? So yeah. I don't see silver linings. No. In, um, in losing my son. Um, that being said, I still want to hear about if you're being relentless with your kids because yeah. I care. Yeah. I do. I right? But it doesn't bring back your Luke. It doesn't. No. Um, before we end... How do we two uh, I'm gonna do two more things. How are you guys making sure or not making sure, but how are you guys at we we said earlier we don't want people we don't want us and we don't want people to forget our sons. So what do you guys do? Is there a a ritual of some sort? Is there something that you're doing? Well, we do have, uh, there is a scholarship yeah. for Jackson. Uh, we were, so like I said, double, double-edged sword with all the publicity is that there was a lot of funds. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of scholarships. So we have that. Um, but I feel like even scholarships have a 10-year mm-hmm. window, right? Where people do, like in 20 years from now, people aren't going to know who Jackson Joseph was mm-hmm. in, you know, the Humboldt Broncos. They may have heard about the hump, But... So there's those, there's a scholarship. Uh, I think for us personally, we mention his name every chance we get. We talk about him, uh, try to talk about him with a smile on our face and remember the, the good times. Um, other than that, I think even when we don't talk about him, we just try to, we mention his name a lot more at home. Mm-hmm. around our loved ones than we do in public. And we do mention his name a lot in public. Um, but at home, it's, uh, maybe this isn't healthy, but it's almost like he's there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Jackson totally would do this. To me. I mean, to me, you're like, oh, Jackson, love this show. Uh, just little things like that. Yep. And because I know I'm thinking it, Pretty sure Andrea's thinking it. Pretty sure Taylor and Colin and Brett are all thinking it as well. So that's just kind of some of the things that we do. Yeah. How about you guys? We're not there big time yet. Um, I think we're starting to to tell some more stories and and uh, share, you know, some more 
I, I think last year on the one year, um, I even hate using the word anniversary. Yeah. Because that sounds like a good thing, right? So celebratory. Right. Yeah. But but on the one year, um, my wife came up with just this really incredible thing. And I think you would have read it. I shared it with you. It's called Be a Light for Luke. Yeah. And we decided to put that out. And, and truly what the messaging is, is that our boy in his darkest moments uh, took his life. And, and can we somehow be a light for him yeah. into others' lives? Yeah. And it could be anything. Random act of kindness, kind words, a hug. Yeah. Send it to, put your phone down and call somebody. Yeah. Um, that sounds weird. Put your phone down hey. and call somebody. You know what I mean. Stop yeah. reading something and call somebody. Yeah. Encourage somebody. Love somebody. Care about somebody. Uh, be a light in somebody's life for Luke. And so we put that out, and it, it went, I think it went fairly widespread. Yeah. We were hearing some cool stories of of a Starbucks in Spruce Grove gave people a certain amount of coffees out and they would say, be a light for Luke, like just stuff like that. Yeah, like just cool. little things. Um, I had people tell me that they were, were in a, a, a meeting and the person ended the meeting with be a light for Luke and explained what it was. And, cool. you know, it's just stuff like that. So I, I think that that, 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 that was good. Yeah. I think that Jeanette will want to continue doing that. And, um, you know, we'll continue to see if there's other options for us, if we want to do some of this type of stuff. But I think that, you know, um, grief uh, is a conversation that needs to be had by more people. Yep. But I guess until you're really living in the depths of it, you probably don't think that way. I think for people listening out there, just don't be afraid of it. Yeah. Uh, we're all going to experience it. Um, be Just listen. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's the best thing you can do. Be there and listen. Yep. I think that's probably the best way to go. If that person wants to share, then have that conversation bounce back and forth. If that person doesn't want to share, you know, you tried. And <clears throat> I think it's a tough skill. It's a very being, tough skill. Being silent and listening, but I think it's it goes a long way. Being grief illiterate is okay. Yeah. You and I are becoming more grief literate because we have to. Yeah. Um, and it's okay if you don't have words. Yeah, okay. you said that. I don't know what to say. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with You're that. You're there. It's all that matters. Right. right. I had somebody once be like, I, I have no words. And I thought, okay, well, this is good. And then proceeded to go on and on and on about one of their experiences <laughs> and telling me how they know exactly how I feel. Oh, jeez. Oh, gosh, so you should have stopped it. You have no words. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Yeah. So – Listen, we're going to end this. This has been this has been intense, man. Yeah. Because we good. did two episodes, but really what we did was we sat here for about two, two and a half hours yeah. uh, talking with a quick break in between. Chris Joseph, um, I love you. I love you too. I just love you so much. Wow. Um, again, some key messages here is that, uh, folks, if you're grieving, you're not alone. Yeah. Um, what I would say is go find a Chris if you can. Um uh, if you are supporting somebody who's grieving, know that you're not alone either. Talk to others about it. Yep. Gang up on people that are grieving and, and come in as a group. Uh, uh, share with others. Try to learn. There are so many websites out there that you can learn about grief and you can learn about how to help people that are grieving, the do's and the don'ts, yep. what to say, what not to say. Um, 
but I will say this and, 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 uh, for all the people that have supported Chris and I and our families, we love you. Yeah. We're thankful for you. Um, it's appreciated more than, you know, yeah. Um, we may not have had the capacity at the time to say it, but it's, uh, it didn't go unnoticed. No, it's not lost on us. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think we'll end it there. This relentless pressure of grief is, is the most relentless thing I've ever experienced in my life, but, uh, I'm going to keep walking. You're going to keep walking. Uh, you and I'll walk together as long as we can. And, uh, yeah, my grandpa Dubé always used to say, there's better days ahead, my boy. I think I believe him. Yeah. And if, if we can give some people some hope out there, I, I, I do believe that there are some better days ahead. So, all right. Thanks, Chris. Thank you. I just wanted to put a little note onto this podcast. Um, the two episodes for Chris and I, where we actually say quite often that, you know, if you're listening, you're not alone and we're not trying to be insensitive to anybody. Um, we fully understand that within grief, you are alone and your heart, your mind, your thoughts, your feelings, your pain, it's yours. It's nobody else's. And even though we may be surrounded and you may be surrounded by people and you may be surrounded and we may be surrounded by people who have experienced the loss of a child or, or great loss in our lives, we're still alone and we want to acknowledge that. Um, we definitely want people to know that that uh, we, we, we see that we're alone in, in what we're dealing with. But, um, but we do hope that, that this podcast gives you some hope and that you're able to reach out to others so that you can have uh, more of a sense of, of being with others as you go through your pain. Mm-hmm.